Welcome to Raspberry Tea Pod Chat. I'm Claire. I'm Claire. And I'm Jo. <laughs> CCJ. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. It's the ladies of Raspberry Tea. Oh, that went wrong, didn't it? Raspberry Tea Pod Chat. Oh my <laughs> she tried to change the opening and she blew it. <laughs> oh, what happened? Um, slept quite well last night as well <laughs> subject to sleep that's really what this pod chat is about because sleep can have or the lack of sleep can have a dramatic effect on how you are able to function perform whatever you want to call it um and it was the other claire that actually thought of this um but that's because i don't sleep and she sees the consequences of it so i'm gonna hand over to claire and then we'll come back to me if we need to <laughs> Yeah, I just th- I just thought couple uh, several of the conversations you and I have, you've like you've mentioned to it earlier, you've been going through menopause. Your beloved Carl is at home more now than ever before, and I don't think I would get an ounce of sleep if I slept with that fella either, because he seems to be up and down all night. In in his kicked me in the head two nights ago. He was upside down on the bed. Wow, gets me. <laughs> And I just thought, we, it's, one, it's one of the reasons why uh, Sam and I put a baby gate on the bedroom door so Iris can't come in, because she likes to go between us and then she uh, lays like she's been snipered on the side and turns into a great day. And I just thought, actually, sleep is so important and can make a massive difference. I think more so if you don't get enough, but sometimes if you have too much, you can be, it's a bit like you're walking through wet concrete for the day after. Oh, too much? Well, <laughs> you clearly you don't know what that is. I can't even begin to imagine having too much sleep. It's like if I, if I if I have a rubbish night's sleep, and let's say it's one of them where I'm tossing and turning all night, and I'm awake all night, and I wake up in the morning, and I feel like I I've not been sleep at all. I probably have, but it doesn't feel like it. I might try and make the following day slower if I can, just do the minimum or what I've absolutely got to do, and then I would go to bed early. But you and I, Claire, have this conversation quite often. You have so many rubbish nights sleep that you can't go to bed early. No, I, I, I can have nights where I don't sleep at all. And actually, I can function quite well the next day on no sleep at all. Um, I have nights where, every, well, every night I must wake up eight to ten times as a minimum. And that is an absolute minimum. And that's because my legs got uncomfortable and I've got pain. In my leg mm-hmm. so I, have to, I have to move but also part of the condition I've got with the menopause um, is called adenomyosis and that means that my uterus is swollen to the size of a lady who's got a nine-month pregnancy and if I lay on my right hand side it squishes other organs and makes it very uncomfortable actually if I've eaten late or anything it can make me be sick because it's squishing my stomach. Um, but occasionally I do turn onto my right hand side without realising it. And so there are issues. So there's never a night where I sleep through. Mm-hmm. Um, best when I wake those eight or 10 times or 20 times, whatever it might be, I'll be awake for a few seconds while I turn over and get comfortable again. But occasionally those times can lead two three four hours of awakeness um 
you're completely right in the fact that Carl is very active. He spent 31 years traveling the world and living in hotel rooms. Um, and he's used to having a bed for himself a lot of the time, you know, and he can be literally upside down, which he's been four times over the last week. And I've got his feet in my head um, or he's, he's kicking my shoulders or my back. Um, he can be starfished across the bed. He very often goes diagonal and pushes my legs off the bed because he wants his across where I'm laid. I literally lay on the edge of the bed. I'm not joking. I lay on the edge of the bed and I've just got enough cover to cover my body. That's it. Um, he often has a midnight feast as well, doesn't he? Oh, he, he has his supper in bed every night. And he has yeah. what I call the tuck shop, which is the drawer in his, um, in his sideboard next to his bed. It's got all sorts of goodies in it. He has stopped having bag of uh, gummy bears in bed he did every night the family bags when we first started living together he was still doing that and that meant I just I was beaten black and blue his arms were everywhere his legs were everywhere it was just horrendous so he stopped that and now he has a supper which is normally some form of sandwich or crackers or something like that with a, a slice of um, cake and perhaps some biscuits later on when he thinks I've gone to sleep and I can't hear the rattling <laughs> <laughs> we joke I'll say to him on a Saturday or a Sunday morning if we're having a bit of, of sort of a lazy morning I'll say anything in tuck shop for me this morning and he reels off like six or eight different biscuits and cakes and things like that but anyway um so yes sometimes I have learned to function on very little sleep or broken sleep yeah should we say but when I've had a bad night yeah, I can't string two words together next day. And and there's been plenty of times actually while Carl's been away for one reason or another, if you and Laura haven't had a good night's sleep or you haven't had a good night's sleep in particular, you would quite happily put your onesie on and just sit and have a movie afternoon, wouldn't you? And just mm. chill. Yeah. And you don't get that now that he's home. And we're not, we're not saying Carl bugger off back away again at all. But yeah. this is how you learn to get through things, isn't it? And you have your own way of of getting around them but it's not always possible is it no I mean it's it's part of being a business owner as well isn't it it's it's fantastic in one way because you've got that flexibility so some mornings I might be so tired it's 11 o'clock when I end up in the office because mm. it just took me that long to come round and get down here um but I tried to make a 10 o'clock appointment every day so that I've got to be in the office because it can slip otherwise but I'm quite able and very alert to work into the evening so that doesn't worry me I'm quite happy to still be in the office at seven or seven at night yeah and I'm still doing probably better work than I was in the morning at that point um it does have a massive massive effect on what you're capable of doing and how you think sometimes you know it takes me days to think clearly about something that somebody else would pick up on in seconds because I'm tired yeah it, it, it comes out for me in my speech. <laughs> I don't very often stop speaking, but if, I can't, if I'm tired, I literally cannot string a sentence together. And for me, I, found, I mean, we've been recording these now for over a year, haven't we, the podchats? The week of podchat recording, because we record them pretty much back to back and we record them all in a day and we, we get through as much as we can. Honest, open, there you go. Um, I struggle for the rest of the week and it's mainly because we've the thing is we're just so 
normal. We could just sit and chat for hours and days and months, couldn't we? And it's actually quite difficult to keep on topic. That for me really is quite <laughs> taxing for my brain. And I am absolutely shattered after it. And I used to, the Tuesday after pod chats, I used to be able to sleep all through the night on a Monday and all through the next day. I don't do that quite so much, but when I was younger, I did as well. And I do wonder if, if we've done a, a recent pod chat on depression and depression makes you sleep an awful lot. You just do. Um, and I do wonder if in my younger years, that was part of it. Um, and the depression then manifested itself as after the termination, but that was one reason I used to sleep a lot. But as a kid, I could, I could sleep for hours and hours. A whole weekend would go and I would have slept through it. Wow. Now I've started setting my alarm clock for six o'clock because we're due to pick a puppy up very, very soon. Um, I've started setting my alarm for six o'clock and I am loving getting back up early in the morning again. Not yet, Touchwood struggled with any lack of sleep, but that's possibly likely to come because it'd be like having a baby, wouldn't it? Um, but yeah, when I had the dogs previously, no matter how much sleep I'd had or not had, I had my routine. I used to still get up. I used to go out and drive top or bottom of the country, wherever, and I could still function absolutely fine. But now it's getting my sentences out that I really struggled with. See, the worst thing for me is I can't nap. And I don't go to sleep any earlier the night after I've had a really bad night. So I, I still wake up. If, this weekend, it was amazing. I'd had a bad week last week with sleep. And on Saturday morning, I didn't wake up till 17 minutes past nine. Bit of a lie. I'd got up at just after seven for a, for a week. But I actually went back to sleep, which is unheard of. And I didn't wake up properly till 17 minutes past nine. But normally, even on a weekend, I'm awake by eight o'clock. Half past eight is a lying. That doesn't matter what time I've gone to bed. It doesn't matter the, what length of sleep I've had. Anything. I just wake up at that time. It, and I can't nap. And I can't go to sleep anything before 11. It's near normally nearer 12, but I can't get to sleep before 11 p.m. So... It's one of those things I can't win. And it just builds up, doesn't it? And builds up and builds yeah. up before you realise it. Yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty good. I'm 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 really good at sleeping. I'm quite proud of it. I, I my head can hit the pillow and in like seconds I'm gone. See ya. But if I've had a rough night, as in woken up sometimes, because whether somebody listeners know or not, I'm diabetic. So sometimes I get woken up in the night for that. And once I've demolished a packet of biscuits, so I shoved as much food in my gob as I can in about 30 seconds, I then get back in bed and go back to sleep. Um, but on a weekend, I don't like an alarm. Or when, when, I'm, when it's not a work day, I don't like an alarm. But usually I am starting to be more awake by eight o'clock. Alarm seven normally. And I'm starting to be awake more at eight o'clock. And this yesterday actually was like, yes, it's 10 to nine. Woohoo! The bladder has not made me get up beforehand. Why does your diabetes make you get up in the night then? You said you get up for that. Because uh, uh, if my sugar sugar level drops to what's a hypo, yeah. like one I was having before this call started, um, it, um, it, it wakes me up, thankfully. If it didn't wake me up, I could end up in a coma and needing an ambulance. Yeah, I didn't know whether it was showed in any other way. Um, 
it, it actually me, makes uh, it wake me up if it's a, if it's a night one and wakes me up I'm absolutely wet through with clammy sweat and shaking and I can't string a sentence together then it's as if there's no sugar in the brain you can't think straight and that's why sometimes when people have had a diabetic episode they consider they, they're confused with being drunk ah. oh yeah because they always check yeah 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 I know that uh, oh so, yeah some sometimes during the night that happens um or I'll hear a noise or something but um generally I, I do sleep quite well it's usually I think when I've got something on my mind I don't sleep very well I say normally when you say oh, I was awake at four and I didn't fall back asleep till half six it's because you've been thinking about something isn't it yeah it, yeah it's usually like something on my mind and thanks brain what you think <laughs> right now? but that's the thing about subconscious isn't it yeah subconscious is is doing things all the time that you're not aware of yeah but why is it why is it when you wake up in the night something that would not bother you in the cold light of day suddenly the biggest disaster the world has ever met it is true isn't it and that's why they say to sleep on it and it's not absolutely act. ridiculous isn't mm. it it's, yeah I remember the first time I realized this I'm going back to my to my mid-20s I bought a, a house and um, it had a wall the back the back of the garden was a wall with a small fence on top to bring it up to level because the house behind was at a higher level mm-hmm. And one day, one of the kids from the teenage kids from the house behind us come onto our road, up through and jumped over the wall, not being into my garden, mm-hmm. being on at the road at the side of the house. I remember waking up in the middle of the night and the fact that somebody jumped over that wall was I was gonna have to sell the house, I was gonna get burgled, I was gonna get attacked. Just it was like the biggest disaster in the world. And I woke up next day and thought, what the hell was that about? It's, and I, mean, I still you, do it now. Your senses are completely it. heightened, aren't they? Yeah. It's why I don't watch things like, there was, if anybody watched Luther, there was an episode, <laughs> there was an episode of Luther and it starts and it, the camera angle is the view from under the bed where somebody's hiding. Yeah. You can see the ankles of the woman walking into the room. At the time I had a bed like that, you no, you couldn't get under it because it was boxes and full of crap, to be fair. But still the brain's going, oh, if somebody was under my bed. And then in the next episode, there's somebody hiding in the loft. I had to yeah. walk under the loft hatch to get from my living room to my bedroom in that place I lived. <laughs> and last night, Sam and I were watching Gogglebox because we like a laugh. And... They were showing the people on Gogglebox watching something called The Invisible Man. And I said to Sam, I am not watching that programme. Because it showed the woman who gets away from man who's obviously been abusing her. She just manages to climb over the six foot wall before he wakes up because his dog set the alarm off and everything. And you're like, oh my God. She manages to flag somebody down who's a friend in the middle of the road. It must have been planned. And she's staying at her house. But this this guy says, oh, we're... It says suicide of optical chemistry, chemist or something like that. And I thought, anyway, she sat there and setting, reading this magazine. And she's like, starts looking around. You know, you get a feeling somebody's there. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Invisible man. I was like, Sam, we need to turn this off. I can't, I cannot watch this before I go to bed. Because my brain will start thinking about it. I can't, I can hear it. 
but I can't see. It's like when we watch Snowpiercer and they stick their arm out of the train and it freezes off. I can hear it, but don't show it, mate. Not before you I go to bed. You do watch some random stuff. Not, not before I go to bed, I can't see it. That's why I don't watch horror films or things like that because my brain's just too active. No. no, I've got I've got a very active imagination. I think you probably realised that over the last year or so, haven't you? And and if I did anything like that before I went to bed as well. But quite often Lovely. it can also be down to what you've eaten before you go to bed. Because they always used to say about cheese causing nightmares and chocolate causing nightmares. And if I have cheese or chocolate before I go to bed, oh my god. Not good. Not good. And then I I mean at the minute I wake up because I'm hot because I'm having what I think is menopausal sweats or whatever. Oh, I, I don't know. Well, yeah. Yeah. And, and that it's, it's that that wakes me up. That's generally the only thing yeah. other than needing to get the loop. That's the only thing that wakes me up now at night. Um, but I have got used to not having a lay in. When I lived on my own, I was a bugger. I could stay in bed till 11, 12. But it's like, well, actually, I've got nothing in bed to to stay in bed for now. I've got my massive telly in the bedroom. Don't get me wrong. But I actually want to get up. Yeah. And I actually want to be doing things. So I don't know. I mean, it, yeah, the fact that I can't string a sentence together when I do get up, well, that's a different matter. But I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm the same. Laura will say, I said to Laura something the other day and she said, did you just hear what you said? I said, yeah, I said, are you going to poke your head out the door and say hello? She went, no, you said, are you going to poke your door out the head? I have no idea. I say things wrong way around. All before lockdown, Carl took me to a hospital appointment and I said, oh, we just need to go down here and up the escalators. And he's like, I didn't know there were any escalators in this hospital. And I'm like, what are about escalators? It's lifts. I'd said escalators and I don't say elevators, so I've not got, I don't know I'm doing it when I'm tired. I think that's the thing, isn't it? When you're tired, your brain just fills gaps. Yeah. And it, it don't make any sense because sometimes if I'm dropping off to sleep, I might say something as it not sleep talking, but something comes out and I'll be like, what? And does anybody else crave carbs when they're tired? Yeah, you just want stodgy food. You just absolutely yeah. want stodgy food. And it's almost like fill me with um, Ben and Jerry's cookie dough ice cream. Macaroni cheese. <gasps> Macaroni oh. cheese and tomato ketchup. I could eat Ew. a bowl of that. Oh, yes. Ketchup. Oh, yes. Macaroni a bowl of macaroni cheese, cheese with a big dollop of tomato ketchup in it. Oh. That, just, that just absolutely ruins the macaroni <laughs> cheese. Yeah. It's like people putting tomato ketchup on a Sunday dinner. Well, no, I wouldn't do that. Exactly. Mayonnaise, I would. <laughs> wouldn't. <laughs> God. I mean, you have to be quite careful with what you eat, don't you, Claire, for your diabetes and things? I do have to be quite, quite restrict, not restricted, regimented on what I eat, yes. Because I have to inject insulin for carbohydrates in a certain ratio. And the ratio is different per meal that I have, breakfast, lunch and dinner, or breakfast, dinner and tea, depending on where in the country you are. But do you find your food affects you? Uh not really i don't think food affects how i sleep at all i could eat a cheese on toast before i went to bed and it won't make me have bad dreams does no, alcohol I mean, just in general no not really um 
occasionally I'll have a few beers or whatever or a few too many beers and I don't think it affects me any more than any other but if I drink I have to have something to eat as well um it's never a bad thing you end up in a kebab shop or if I talk I have to have something to eat if I walk I have to have something to eat <laughs> doesn't make any difference if I've had alcohol or not <laughs> see I always my grandma always used to say about the cheese before bed because she yeah. always used to say it gave her migraines yeah um Carl quite often makes crackers with cheese and cucumber and stuff like that on. I can quite happily have a couple of those in bed and go straight to sleep and it, it doesn't make my sleep any better or any worse. He's convinced that if I have a glass of port, now we have to quantify that for people because if you ask for a port <laughs> in a, a restaurant, you get some you, you were You were horrified when you had a bar serving of port, weren't you? Yeah, I, I drink port in a wine glass. Um, I didn't know that it shouldn't be drunk in a wine glass. So a, a bottle of port is sort of three to four glasses, depending on. I asked for one in a pub and it came in this thimble. And I was like, what's this? And they're like, that's a measure of port. And I'm like, you're kidding me. <laughs> um, yeah, I have a port habit. No, I don't. Um, Carl thinks that if I have a glass of port in the evening, I sleep better. I think that's his excuse because he likes too many glasses yeah, yeah, yeah. in the evening. It makes him feel better if I've had a glass of port, I think. Oh, right, okay. But I don't actually find that alcohol, if anything, if I have a if I have a drink, so to go out for an evening and have a drink, so you're having a number of drinks over the evening, um, I don't sleep well at all. It doesn't make me sleep. It does the opposite. I tell you what, the year is the, the millennium, New Year's Eve. My God, I didn't sleep at all. I don't put my head down. <laughs> We'd had that much champagne between ours and the neighbour's house because we had a joint house party. So if you liked one kind of music, you were in our house. If you liked another kind of music, you were in theirs. And you could chop and change between the two and the drinks were the same and the food was the same. And you could just move between the two while well, I just made the most of it. And I can remember falling asleep, sitting up, because I, I dare not lay down on the pillow. In fact, I, I didn't fall asleep. I was trying to get to sleep. And I just, you know, that, that moment when you know you've had too much and you just shut your eyes and it feels like your head's sinking into the headboard or into the pillow and it's just the worst feeling ever. So I don't think I slept for about three days after that. Mind you, the last, the last lockdown when I got mega, mega drunk. I, I didn't remember sleep. that. I, I, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I do. I slept for about three days solid. And the neighbours thought that the neighbours thought they'd actually killed me because the phone was ringing. They were ringing me. They were knocking on the door. They were ringing the doorbell. They tried everything and they could not stir. Could not stir me at all. Yeah, you were you were very, very drunk. Then. Oh, God, I was very, very poorly. Yeah. I've not so. actually, I can honestly say I've not actually been drunk for probably five years at least. Mine's at least. Not for the one to try and sometimes, but it's just not. about 18 months. Bit tipsy, but not drunk. I don't mm. like getting drunk. If I get don't to where I'm feeling tipsy, and you, if you've managed to catch yourself when your face starts feeling a bit numb, stop. <laughs> but if you don't catch that point, oh dear. I had a birthday party at home, and the person who was supplying me with drinks was spiking them, basically. Um well, let's just say they weren't what I thought I was. I wasn't drinking what I thought I was drinking. And I remember laying on my bed, could not physically move 
any bit of my body, but my head was absolutely clear as a bell. And I could hear my parter happening in my house. I Weird. The bed. It was all the second thing it must feel like is that that drug or whatever they used to yeah. attack people. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't that, it was just alcohol. But I literally could not move. My brain was absolutely. Laura kept coming up and saying, Mum, why have you knocked that glass of water off again? And it was the cat jumping up and oh. she'd like to knock glasses off. Yeah. Just one of her things, she, any glass, she'll knock it off. And um, she kept knocking this glass of water off and they kept blaming me and I couldn't physically move. I physically <laughs> could not move. So after that, I've not been drunk since then. That was yeah, I don't know what it would be like to get drunk again now. I, I don't. There was a period of time that I knew if I'd got drunk, I would just be a blubbering mess. I just knew I'd get emotional about everything and and it'd just be so embarrassing. But I, I don't think I would be like that now. I just no, don't just like that hyper. feeling. I think I would. I mean, I used to get hyper on Britvic Orange. If, if I went out and I was driving, people used to think I was absolutely ratted. And I'd have had Britvic orange, and that was it. That's all I needed. Well, you'll get you'll get high on air. I'm high on life itself, baby. I often am, actually. But anyway, yeah. back to physical health and and sleep. Um, you know, food and sleep and stuff like that. But this is been back. <laughs> it's been kind of lost me. I think it sounds. I think sometimes. You know them days when you just fancy eating, like you drive past McDonald's, you drive past KFC, you drive past, I don't know, it might be Burger King pizza, and you just want one of everything. You just want junk food. Yeah. So-called junk food. Yeah. I just think if you if you do that and you cave and you give in for, let's say, two or three days a week or something like that, I eventually, it is rare, but you, you start craving veg or you start craving good food because you've been eating rubbish for too long. Yeah. Does that... Claire's pulling a face here, so I'm guessing that doesn't count for everybody. Does it not? It's like, it's, we, went, we went on a two-week cruise, and there was just food. At every corner, there was literally food. There's, like, breakfast, and then there's elevenses, and then there's lunch, and then there's afternoon tea, and then there's your dinner, and then there's the midnight snack, and, and the midnight feast and whatever, and you think, what, what's going on? All you want is a bowl of cornflakes when you get home. Yes. <laughs> on holiday that's it just want yeah that's all i want i don't know i don't tend to think about food i just eat whatever i want when i want to. um i mean obviously if if i'm on a particular diet for any particular reason then you know you you think about it you plan it you do everything else but in general i, I don't really think about it i sometimes overfill myself I'm from a family that clears the plate. Well, that's, yeah. what, that's what we were taught, isn't it? We were, yeah. You the table so you cleared your plate. There's yeah. kids that are starving well, over and wherever. Stuff. And you can't have a pudding. You can't have a pudding until you've finished your main but, course. But Eat Carl's, it all fa Carl's family have, have grown up with small portions. I mean, his mum and dad will have um, a cup meal at lunchtime and then a very, very small tea, smaller than I'd have for a lunch, if you know what I mean. Mm. And he's grown up with very small portions. So his tummy is tiny. And he sort of looks at my plate and goes, <laughs> I wouldn't eat that if I tried. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's like I offered him a piece of my pizza the other night. I made myself a pizza. And 
I offered him a piece and he took half a piece. Why? And I filled him. Because that was all he wanted. <laughs> I filled him. You, you wouldn't even sniff the taste of that, let alone taste the and, taste of it, would you? <laughs> I mean, I'm from a family of big portions, which is probably why we're not five eights. Um, you know, but yeah, I don't, I don't tend to think about food unless I, I need to think about food because I'm doing something specific. See, I, I'm not like that at all. We can be sitting eating lunch and I'll say, not because I'm greedy, but I just think, what are we having for tea? Laura does. Laura so plans to do that. Because yeah. like, we, we usually spend every weekend together. So depending on who's where, it's like, so what are we eating this weekend then? Oh, we'll plan Friday, Saturday, Sunday tea, and then usually uh, breakfast. And then she goes, yeah, but what are you going to have for dinner? I'll, I'll sort that out myself because she doesn't eat dinner. Mm. Uh, although today I am I'm staying an extra day, so we've planned forties. We've even planned what we're going to take away next weekend. Isn't it funny how in people's heads it just means something different, mm. and you know it is such a different world. It is. It's but I, for me, food doesn't. I don't think food impacts on me physically or mentally in, from the point of view of being able to carry on or having a, you know, some people talk about food comas and things like that. Um, I don't think food affects me. don't know, maybe it does. I, I can get into a food coma. Can you? Yeah. One of them right. poor Sunday dinner ones when you feel like you just need a fork to pop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite happily I could get like that. Even though I have a Christmas gastric dinner. band. I have a gastric band and you would imagine that, you know, but it didn't ever work for me, as you can see. Um, and now it just sits there like a, an elastic band at the bottom of my stomach. Um, but yeah, if, if I go for days of just eating rubbish, then yeah, I've got to have a cleanse. And I'm like, mom, can we just have a cleanse today? And I don't do it very often now because mom and I are actually quite good. Um, we're not wasting any food. We're eating it. You know, she's brilliant at making soups. So if there's loads of veggies left in the bottom of the fridge, She'll just whack them all in the soup. That's it. Perfect. But there are times that you just want to have a cleanse and do nothing because... You've got such a good life, haven't you, living with Oh, you? do you know, honestly, everything is absolutely... There's no wonder I'm smiling and so happy, is there? Because it's, it's just well. amazing. You know, if you, eat, if you eat really good, like healthy all the time and considered and reasonable portions, not like my normal ones. Yes. Um, you also crave crap. You want some junk food or you want something that's a bit greasy or salty or there are yeah there will i mean okay so i did lie to life have i ever told you this story no yeah. I, I did lie to life you know how many diets are available out there and i have tried all of them and i used to the first time i did it and i lost more weight than you can imagine but every was it tuesday night or wednesday night? i can't remember one night whatever night i got weighed i would leave lie to life and i'd go straight to the chain i'd pick up a chinese on the way home and that's the only thing during the week and it, it took me straight back out of ketosis i know it did it wasn't good for me not proud of it um there have been times as well where i was on the verge of bulimia and that is actually i have mentioned that in my chapter of my book um because it's I got to a point where I'd actually lost so much weight and it was such pressure to keep that weight off because yes, I felt brilliant. I looked brilliant, didn't change my life. People didn't love me anymore or any less, but I felt so pressured then to prove that I could keep it off. 
that I got on the, on the verge of bulimia. And it's not a pleasant place to be. And if anybody is in a state where they are at that point or heading to that point, please seek help while you can. Um, I'm not going to dwell on that. It wasn't a pleasant time at all. It's not good for you in so many ways. Um, but yeah, there, there were times that I just craved crap after that. Um, See, and I'm, and I'm, I'm in a... Go on. I'm yeah. one of those people that if I have something savoury, I have to have something sweet after it. So if I have a meal, it doesn't matter whether it's lunch, dinner, breakfast, whatever. I, I want something sweet straight after. Did you, so as a child, you probably did, didn't you? You'd have had a full dinner, like you say, and then a pudding. Um, bizarrely, as growing up, till I got into my uh, probably very, very late teens, possibly early 20s, I wasn't interested in food at all. So I would, mum always had an issue with the weight, and from me being about eight, she was on a diet. Um, so the food in the house was very strict. And I went home from school for lunch, um, senior school. So I'd have something like some cottage cheese or something at mm. time. Um, and then in, in an evening, mum would make tea and it yeah. would be a very healthy tea. Now she went out, uh, she ran a, a local keep fit club on a Monday night and my dad would get me to the Chinese and we'd make a microwave um, cake in a mug type thing. And um, we'd, we'd spoil ourselves on a Monday night because mum was out. <laughs> um, if you're listening, mum, we didn't really do that. Yes, we did. Um, you probably food, did. I wasn't interested in food. I didn't, I've never had, mum and dad had, had never really had Chinese or Indian or anything. We didn't have pizzas. Um, it was just normal food, you know, mm. cook a meal type food. Um it wasn't till I started sort of expanding my social circles as a as a young adult, I guess, that I was going to restaurants and trying other things and discovering mm. other things. But you know, I was allowed fizzy pop at my grandma's. We never had fizzy pop in the house. Yeah, crisp. You know, a bag of crisp growing up was something really unusual for me because it wasn't something we had in the house. Grandparents, little monkeys. <laughs> So it was, I had a very different relationship with food growing up than I had when I got my first house. And when I got my first house and suddenly my clothes didn't fit and I thought everything was shrinking in the wash because I didn't understand that I was putting weight on because I was eating whatever I wanted in whatever quantities I wanted. Yeah. Um, and I guess it's sort of been a, a if you want to put it, you could, you, say, you could say it was a battle from that point, but actually... I'm, I don't mind. I'm I'm all right where I am. You know, to me, it, it my weight doesn't worry me at all. See, um, I was I was on a diet. The midwife put me on a diet. I was on a diet from being a baby. Your mum's so skinny. She is now. She's she's been bigger now. Yeah. She is tiny. Yeah, and not much bigger. But yeah. yeah, she is the complete opposite to me. I've I've got my grandma and my nan's boobs, <laughs> which my mother definitely hasn't. Um, Both of them added together, I'd say. Well, I think, yeah, I think I have. Um, I've also got my grandma's knees, which are four times everybody else's, and they smile at you if you tense your knee. Mine is there. But, yeah, so I, I kind of had a battle. And my nan, bless her, she always used to sneak. You know, it's like uh, you say you, you had fizzy pop at, 
grandparents and you weren't allowed at home. There's always those, um, is it turrucks, biscuits, the chocolate and caramel wafer, tunnocks, that's it. She had tunnocks, she would have those um, coconut topped, like jam tea cake things, those. Snowballs. Yes, that's the one, snowballs, she had those. And she would always, if she was staying at our house, she'd always sneak me a quarter of bonbons in as well. And I think she got me a bag of Pontefract cakes one night and I ended up hiding them in my little doll's crib. But I made myself so ill for eating them. So I just used to wolf it all down. Yeah. I was greedy, very greedy. It's uh, relationships with food are, are very strange, aren't they? And it's totally off the topic of sleep, which is quite amusing. No, it was like a, <laughs> kind of a health, but... Oh, it was, yeah. Lower. I think, so what we're saying basically is some people are more sensitive to not getting enough sleep than others yes. some people can nap or go to bed to catch up on some sleep and others can't and also food wise some people are more sensitive than others like for example they say don't eat cheese before you go to bed because it gives you nightmares yeah so it just it's another example of how different we all are either from our mental approach to it or actually physically how we respond to it or not mm. Very interesting. So, ironically, on that time, <laughs> now time for a brew. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>